Come on. And now you are currently seeing oh behind gosh. me the bombs going off at this train station here. There have oh been gosh. nine casualties. And this was just unbelievable. Love to see them guys go fight. Love to see them grand. Gosh. Love to watch that turn for pack down the Ukraine back to the US of A. Love it where we go to war, love it where we don't. Love Fox News and that CNN crap. Don't like Donald Trump, but honest to God, can't wait to hear Donald Trump say, Oh, we're never gonna go to war, we're gonna back on our troops. Let's go for war, boys. Let's not go to war, boys. Let's go to war, boys. Let's go back to war, boys. This race on NASCAR is brought to you by Budweiser. Budweiser changing the name of the game with beers of all specialties. And by the United States of America. And we'll remember what did the Russian War 500. This is our lap 15 of 25 in this race tonight. We just got nearly five laps to go here. Looks seems like Jimmy Donaldson has been the dominant driver all night. He just hasn't been doing much tonight. He just led over five laps in this race. It seems like Russia is now firing all the missiles and we're going there near Ukraine. And it seems like all's well, all's well in the United States here as we are covering live as this is the only section of event that's ever even happening right now in the Ukrainian-Russian border. Now, sleep right there. All them Ukrainian people, all them Ukrainian drivers are driving there on the right side right again on them Russian drivers. The drivers in the number 10 Penske and the number 5 Chevrolet car. It just seems as if they're, they're not even going to do much dirt right there. Three wide behind him as the great Dale Earnhardt Jr. trying to get there on the right side. He's falling with a bomb. A bomb has just gone off of the racetrack. It just seems as if everything is going badly here in Ukraine's favor. The caution is not going to wave. We're going to continue racing under Vladimir Putin's orders. This he right there on turn number five. Trying to get on there on the right side. There goes the Canadian. They're trying to get onto it. Taiwan over there on the third lap. They're trying to get over there on the third turn. We're looking down there. China is all over Taiwan right now, trying to take control. Hey, I'm bugging, 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 and it seems as if Ricky Bobby is in dead last. He's just had a horrible race today. The Russians are really trying to keep the United States out of all of this. It's under Ukrainian order that they're trying to not get involved. The United Nations car, the number 13 UN Chevrolet, is trying to get their train to restore peace with all these nations. And oh my God, are you seeing all these missiles? Are you seeing all these missiles right now? They're just firing everywhere right now. This is, the, uh, this is just one of the happiest and saddest scenes I've ever seen in the history of NASCAR. Yeah, well, yeah, well you're getting down about that. Trying to get on down from Junior. Now Junior trying to get there on the pass. The Russians are just hacking over. And we are live here at the Rushkin Baka 250-500. And your coverage is coming up next as the leader of this one is by 15 Carlings. 15 Carlings. But Russia is taking the lead with number two, Ukraine. Military, number three, the mayor of Ukraine. And number four, China trying to take over on the United States. As Jimmy Johnson and John Hart Jr. are leading down the right side. 
You're currently watching the Russian Vodka 250 here on NASCA on Fox. And now for this split-screen advertisement, it's brought to you by Budweiser. Joe, I'll tell you what, this first half has been awfully oh, yeah, impressive, and he has looked as comfortable as I've ever seen him in the pocket. You know, this honestly, Dad, I just want what to is love, baby, don't hurt me, don't hurt me. is an NBC News special report. Good afternoon and thank you for joining us. We have just scheduled your rescheduled programming and it will be scheduled for another time. The President of the United States set to speak tonight with his foreign adversaries as we are trying to reach an agreement on war. The President has finally spoken on that piece. With, of course, sanctions handed down by the Russians, it seems as if Americans are blinded to the Russian-Ukrainian war. And now the president is here now to explain to us what is happening now as we are channeling this coast-to-coast. Every channel is airing this in the United States. And yes, Joe, uh, we have just received word that there has been a potential bombing in New York City or a bomb plan in New York City by the Russian influencers. Can you actually speak a little bit more on that? And what are your plans as of right now of where we stand at war? Yeah, well, thank you for having me. It's a sad time in America. You know, this isn't time for our adversaries to unite. We've imposed more sanctions than I think you can do. And uh, I'm not going to do what uh, FDR did back in the day, which was uh, do I get, get in the war. Uh, you know, I honestly don't think uh, we're going to get, uh, get in any territories. And, uh, you know, this guy said over uh, 14,000 corn pops over there on the side of the mountains in Russia. And, yes, uh, we're going to impose more sanctions on this country. And, yes... I will be sending over 25,000 troops over to Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. 25,000 troops. 2,500,000 troops. 2,500,000 250,000 troops over Afghanistan. Over to Ukraine. Over to Ukraine. 250,000 troops gone over to Ukraine. Yeah, I know. It seems daunting, but Russia is trying to play attention in this nation. And you know we just got to stay calm, be composed. I might not be declaring war, but I learned from my friend George Bush, we might as well have to. And now I'm going to send my troops to come to every house in America and get your kids and you're getting drafted. We're starting to run out. 
one down. Oh my god, they're fucking Mr. Roger Stone, you're going to need to come in with us. Welcome to World War III. Here's your uniform. Make sure you put it on in the next 15 minutes. There's a bus set there right now. Get out of this house now. You are going to war. You are representing the United States Army and the United States Naval Corps. And this is just a, this is not a Sunday. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Right now, on the bus. Let's move. Move, move, move. Donald Trump just can fuck Joe Biden right now. Don't declare war. May we never declare war, no matter if we are the United States of America or if we are Great Britain or Russia. The lives are being lost in Ukraine, and my thoughts and prayers go out to everyone who is dying, suffering, or even hiding in Ukraine. This is a terrible situation, and one of the topics I'm going to be talking about on today's show. So just remember that you all are in my prayers Every night, there's not much I can do, but there's a lot we can do as a nation and try to heal this nation of Ukraine. May we now have a 15-second moment of silence for those that have been lost. And now we're going to get straight into the intro and to the show. This is Let's Go Brandon. Just kidding. Let's Go Brayden. Let's go Braden. Let's go Braden. Let's go Braden. Let's go Braden. Hey, let's go Braden. Hey, hey. And now, this is the latest podcast of conspiracy theories, liberal views, conservative views, and elsewise. This is your variety show with Braden Lynch hosting Let's Go Braden. May your views be expressed, and no, and no, facts do not care about your feelings. Good evening, afternoon, morning, whenever you are listening to our podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Let's Go Braden podcast, sponsored by nobody, because the only sponsor is me, giving you the fair news, the factual news, the honorable news you will need to conquer your day. As we are getting started on another week. Yes, I have been out for the last two weeks. That has been because of schoolwork and just basically catching up on stuff. No COVID or anything like that. Nothing to be worried about. But yes, folks, of course, my name is Braden Lentz. If you have never listened to our podcast before, welcome. If you are just new, welcome. And if you are starting off to get into more conservative media and liberal media and whatever else, welcome. Because guess what, folks? As soon as the Google Play Store actually allows me to do so, I'm going to be airing this show on Truth Social. We'll have a website and everything else to go forth. And yes, I'm also happy to announce that I have started an internship at Bloom Magazine. And and I'm going to be working for CampusReform.org, ladies and gentlemen. CampusReform.org, so make sure you check out my stuff, especially when I'm doing stuff for Campus Reform, which I'm hoping we could do like radio programs and stuff like that. That's just one thing I was thinking about. But yes, folks, it's not only it's been two weeks since I've last done an episode. Let's get straight to the news. 
Hey, CNN, it's time to hear what's happening today and why you're thinking on Fox News and otherwise with the latest edition of What's Up in the News. Right now on 25. All right, thank you so much, Rondale. We actually are going to start the show off on a very tragic note. Everyone knows about this, and I just want to formulate my opinion into this as well. You already know what's happening in Ukraine. They're taking over Kiev. They just bombed a freaking children's hospital for god's sakes a fucking children's hospital did you hear me say that a fucking children's hospital it's insane it's insane what's going on there ukrainian people living in fear underground bunkers can't get out can't not do anything now they're putting old stampedes that they put out in world war ii and i thought oh my god this is going to be a changing world ladies and gentlemen it's going to be a changing very sad world. We could be more debt in this country. You know, we got a debt problem already, but we'll be in more debt. Russia, fuck Vladimir Putin. First off, it's what I've been thinking the entire time. Vladimir Putin is solely responsible for this. There should be mass genocide if it comes down to him and his entire family. I'm not putting that, frankly. I'm putting that very serious. There needs to be genocide amongst their family. That's how they took Hitler out and then he killed himself. I'm just saying it's going to probably end up like that. And of course, Putin's probably hiding in his bunker right now, desperately waiting for the day that he could just end all this madness, which he won't. He's going to turn into an evil misogynistic bigot, which he already is one. And only God knows what happened in 2016. I honestly do not think Russia interfered with the election or neither did Ukraine. But who gives a fuck about that right now, folks? Who gives a fuck about that right now? I mean this sincerely. I agree with Lindsey Graham that we need to kill Putin. We need to assassinate him. But I do think it's going to make the the war intensify. And then another incident like Pearl Harbor could happen again. And then poof, we're off the war, you know? It's the whole thing is just very tragic. And, you know, so I said at the beginning of the show that I am not publicizing the whole shebang that's going on over there. It's just very heartbreaking beyond the word heartbreaking. What these people in Ukraine are going through has never been seen in our lifetime. Maybe in Afghanistan, but has never been seen in our lifetime. My lifetime, at least. Never. If you were alive 100 years ago, you'd probably remember this. But for me, no. I do not remember this at all. It's just beyond tragic. The only thing I can do as an American is just pray for these people, which is all I can do. They tell us to do and do and do, but this is also another thing. I think America is very blinded to the issue of the Russian-Ukrainian war. Because we're already having tensions with China. We've had tensions with China. China is the new United States of America. We got spies here. We even had a spy here on the IU campus about a year ago. And he got kicked off. And yes, folks, it's. I'm just going to say, I feel like we're going to have a lot of tropes when it comes down to China. China is our greatest enemy right now. Russia is second. And uh, the other one is probably... Great Britain is third, and Belgium is fourth, and France is fifth. Because to be honest with you, 
with no freedom comes a consequence. America doesn't have any freedom right now. And it's the only part that's very, very sad. Because, I mean, if you go to the damn food stamp office, you're not going to get your food stamps. They're going to make you wait for years to get your food stamps. So, yes, folks, it's a very sad time to be living in the world right now. And especially for the people of Ukraine, with gas prices going up here, it's because of sanctions. The U.S. absolutely needs to get oil sanctions here in the U.S. We need to start getting oil in businesses in the world, in the country, starting in places like Texas and Oklahoma and Arizona and New Mexico, where oil can be refinalized. I get it. You're dugging up the earth. But I mean, in order for gas prices not to be so high, these are the two things we think we can do, not only from a consumer standpoint, but for a war standpoint. And all ties with Russia and all ties with China and all ties with any other country, mainly Russia and China. But it's about ending them starting to get American born businesses, which I'll talk about in the next slide. But yes, folks, Ukraine is really going through a very tragic situation that they nobody there has seen in their lifetime, except if you are alive in World War One or two. Which very rare people, which very few people have, including one of the oldest tennis players in the world, who's actually right now hiding in Ukraine. But I feel like Russia needs to take a hundred percent of the blame for this, because there is nobody else who's taking this damn blame for it. This is all Putin. This is all his staff. This is all his kids and his wife and everybody else. Go horseback riding all you want, Putin, but you're not going to do a damn thing to those Ukrainians, because guess what? This is just, um, this is our country. We're going to stay out of this war. This is your war. This is not our war to deal with. This is not Ukraine's war to deal with. This is you in your war to deal with. You're basically fighting yourselves against a lot of brave, tough, gritty, resilient people who, of course, are very resilient and they will do freaking everything anything to protect their lives they'll do anything cocktails they're going to do bombs missiles whatever they're going to do anything to stop you guys hell even you even had 300 soldiers decide not to go to war not to go to war they don't want war they do not need war Ukrainian people are going through enough already I honestly think two things could happen to Putin mass genocide with him and his family and his staff or if Russia really wants to pay the price, have absolutely no relations to any other country in the world. Be your own continent. I mean, for God's sakes, you'll leave the EU after a few years. This is unhuman. This is unhuman. This is unsanctioned. And this is uncalled for to absolutely be going into war for no reason whatsoever. And yes, I get it. It's to find, it's to actually conquer Ukraine and to make it your own nation. I get what it's for, but I mean, you don't need to go to war for it. You could literally just get sanctions and deals and you could get the deals to help out other people. That's why gas has been so high is because Russia is not doing anything to help the world. They're just helping themselves. And then this was the other part of the argument I was going to say with rising gas prices here in the U S it's about time America makes its own oil. That's why I said about leaving Russia. We need to leave Russia. We will leave it for good. We need to leave it for good. Let the Soviets 
Hell, you know what? The, well, you know what would be a great idea if the Ukrainian hockey team played in either the Olympics or in the like FIBA World Cup or something like that. Had an event like in uh, England or something like that where Russians and Ukrainians unite. And the Ukrainians beat the Russians. That's how. That's really what ended the Cold War for uh, us and the Soviets, which we've been through conflict before, but not since 1989 with the Russians. I mean, it's just been extensive. But yes, we need to make our own oil, our own gas, our own electricity. Don't depend on Russia and China. If America wants to be back as the number one country in the world, we're going to need to plan our own stuff. We're going to plant our own trees, plant our own fruits, not get any home and resources. And not only that, but pay these factory workers a living wage, pay the fast food workers a living wage. But then the other problem with that is that nobody even wants to work anymore. So you're tying that on so everything could be done online. And how long is the internet going to last for with the cable wires the way they are and how much are... Is the electricity going to stay in the air, especially when you got these towers that are at least 50, 60, 70 years old and these wires have been there for years? You need a more smarter way of creating Wi-Fi so even if there's a power outage, you can find a way to get Wi-Fi and find a way to get electricity. But it's about time we start planting our own stuff, get our own Walmart food section, get workers paying a higher wage. Because with higher grass prices and higher just everything in America right now is high. It's high in this country. High even to just get gas or go to the store or go to the YMCA. I mean, it is high. And we have taken huge economic repercussions because of the pandemic. But I think if you really want America to be coming back, it's not going to be with the damn Democrats. It's going to be with the Republican. It's going to be with a Republican candidate. It better be with a Republican candidate because they know how to do business. Democrats, look at Chicago, a slum. Look at New York, a slum. Used to never be. Now the Upper East Side has turned into a damn, uh, has turned into a party pooper, uh, uh, poop and uh, urine site. It really has. It's turned into a homeless shelter, the Upper East Side, because nobody can afford anything in that area then you have at los angeles which in the whole state has just been so it's like the state should literally have an atomic bomb go on that state and then blow everything up and then tell everyone hey disperse somewhere else and then they need to reopen state hospitals i'm in full support for just the united states opening up state hospitals because that's the reason why you got homelessness part of the reason part of the reason is nobody wants to basically live off the government they need to just get the hell out of california but yes, folks, if you really want to be on, if you really want to be motivated, get rid of China, get rid of Russia. And this is the other thing. Bring back that RCA, bring back the GA, bring, bring back the carrier, bring back all that shit and bring it back to Indiana because now it's turned to a fucking meth lab. No, everywhere is turned into a meth lab. New York is a meth lab. Los Angeles is a meth lab and always has been. But now you're seeing small rural communities for years, even before the pandemic. Opioid so high. How do you think these opioid users get their money? 
doctors gives them pills, then they illegally buy the pills maybe online or somewhere, and then they're just high and high and going to rehab and high again and high again, even during sobriety. And then you got all these people in America that are trying to get more Oxycontin. I mean, Vincent's Indiana, as I will cover in 100.7, the podcast, the new podcast that will also be airing on uh, Truth Social once that comes out on Google Play Store. And I'll be talking about this. So I'll give you a little hint of what I'm going to talk about. I mean, I, I honestly talk about the time when Rush Limbaugh decided to uh, be on the radio. And I love Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh's a great man. I love him to death. But I think the one thing that will shatter his career besides saying the Michael J. Fox is moving all around and he's shaking and it's clearly an act. And then saying to the girl at Georgetown, you know, I think she's a slut, right? And then saying, how well, you know, the black quarterback cannot play in the league and all that bull, bull crap that he said. That's either racist or misogynistic to a liberal view, but in my view, I honestly think those are some of his lowlights, but the biggest lowlight I think ever in his career, I think he is the one that started the opioid crisis in this country. Nobody was using opioids and a lot of conservative states, Indiana, uh, Tennessee, which is mostly red, Florida, I mean, West Virginia, Ohio, the rural communities hit hard after 2000, at least seven, because in 2003, Rush Limbaugh said I was addicted to pain medication with the rehab for two weeks and then came back onto a show better than ever and then used opioids since and they lost a bunch of weight. But I mean, I honestly feel like he encouraged a lot of people to instead say, Hey, you know, if I could be making at least $12 an hour here at Dairy Queen. How much money could I make selling drugs? And you will not believe how much money these people made, especially after Limbaugh announced that in 03, there's just been a huge microcosm of no jobs, no community, nobody to go out on the streets and pick up food. Nobody wants to work at Dairy Queen because guess where they want to go? The two places they want to go, OnlyFans, Instagram, Pornhub, all that stuff. And then they want to go straight to the drugs. They're either going to one of those two things. Even kids are going to that. And I'm just saying middle-class neighborhoods, conservative neighborhoods, once prime and pure and honest and Second Amendment loving is now turned into a slum. The suburbs are not what they used to be, and the middle class is not what it used to be, especially in conservative states. And as I said, if we can just cut ties with China and Russia, well, yeah, we bring the jobs back. We need to pay them a living wage. The the maximum for uh, the maximum for minimum wage should be about twenty an hour. That should be maximum for all states. We should have a fair and honest use of uh, of uh, sorry of uh, minimum wage because it's just wrong to not have that. It's just wrong. But yes, folks, that's kind of my rant about Russia. It's about improving America. And not only that, but holding Putin accountable and holding Russia accountable. And I agree with the great Lindsey Graham, which I do not like some of his liberal liberal views and saying that Trump is an egocentric bigot, that he should go to hell. I do not agree with that. But I do agree that we need to kill Putin. But then it would intensify the war 
and we don't want any part of it. That's the thing. I can't get drafted because I have autism at bipolar, but I don't want to have to be alerted that I'm going to get drafted. That's the thing. Um, it's just disheartening. Disheartening to say the least. And it's really, really just the whole Ukrainian situation is just foul. The UN trying to restore peace, Russia trying to restore peace. And this is the other thing. When I was at Vincent University, I grew up in Vincent's first off. So I have a lot of background with that school. My mom went to school there, graduated in 03 and 05. And I think I saw color a different way than I did in Bloomington. I was once an egocentric kid who saw um, real, real rich people making it big. And I always thought it was white privilege and I shouted foul to it. What I've noticed is that you can't look at color. What I learned at VU was you can't look at color. You just can't. If you look at color, the color blue means nothing to God. The nothing, the color black means nothing to God. The color white means nothing to God. It's just a color. You're bored with the color. And that color is de- is rooted in your DNA. Whether you're Hispanic, Latino, black, white, whatever. I don't care. War is a lot like judging people's race. We are so one-sided or on the other side fighting for absolute nonsense because it's war is nonsense. My friends, nonsense is the enemy to is the friend, the foul play. And, you know, I'm just saying new that is the enemy is the friend of nonsense. You're seeing this. I mean, after George Floyd, for example, the whole world had to start renaming buildings. I mean, the whole university started renaming buildings, which I love. It's renamed to Eagleson Avenue. But I mean, nobody cared about Jordan Avenue. We just walked down the street and we just went there and it meant a lot to change it. Yes, it's a historic moment at IU history. But to just completely cry foul over one police officer killing one man, which there's been hundreds of thousands of black men and women, mainly men like myself who are black and mixed brown, that have been killed by the police. But that's why I say all lives matter. Russia and China, especially Russia, we don't need war. War is just like judging race. We can't start nonsense like this. It's just going to end us nowhere. And in humanity, we could pass away a lot sooner. We got we don't think about the price we pay living on this planet. We're one in four quintillion reasons why we should be alive. There's that much. We have one in four quintillions chance to live from birth. And as I said, this is just, it's arrogant. It's just respectful to not just this nation, but to all nations around the world. Because Russia is going back to its Soviet days of Stalin. All we got to do is just pray for a miracle and wish something happens that's good in that country. But back to VU, which as I said, I don't look at color. I don't look at race. And I don't look at gender. At any way or point. B. 
being poor is a universal language. Being, um, being rich can be a universal language. Being uh, beaten by the police is a universal ring- language. And war, preventing war, is a universal language. Now on to the other story, which, uh, which of course, we're going to be talking about, of course, the NCAA tournament. And that is coming up next. But first, I'm going to talk about, uh, as I was talking about blacks and whites, I happen to notice something. This is our opinion piece. I happen to notice today when I was uh, eating at, uh, IMU, at the IMU, Indiana Memorial Union, I remember thinking a lot to myself that uh, I've seen all these kids here at IU and they're so rich and stuff. And some of them are very poor. We still have a very low black population at the school. It's not as bad as Vincent University, but I mean, it's gotten a lot better since I've lived here. But I got to thinking about the problem of white privilege. And I don't look at white privilege the same anymore because all white privilege is, we all have a privilege. Every race has a privilege to live, to work, to play, to have a home, to have shelter, to have water, to have food. But the biggest problem that I've noticed in this country is that we're still judging race. We're still judging race. And it's past March of 2020. I mean, it's past February of 2022. And we're about to dawn on a new day in this country, I think, where we are going to see George Floyd as a different person because, yes, he's a symbol to millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of other kids that have been killed by the police. But I'm not saying that the police are foul, which they're not. They're not foul. We need police. Don't defund police. Defund the militarization of police. That's what I think is we spend more money on militarization than the actual police force. We give them more guns. We give them more knives. We give them a freaking uh, SWAT truck so they can bomb into your building and your house and invade your space. That's not right. But what I've noticed is it's something really usual to me. It's not just white privilege. It's about how many people can I influence? The biggest thing is, I don't care if you're white, black, Hispanic, Latino. Demographics are the same for everybody. Everyone. It's not a lie. What I happen to notice, and I just said it to myself earlier, I like being around white people, white boys, white girls, white gay people, white trans people. I didn't grow up in the hood. I didn't grow up in the ghetto. I grew up on Section 8, and I still grow up on Section 8. But I mean, my mom's white, and the dad that was never there was black. To say the least, he's a big sex offender. He's molested a lot of his kids. He fortunately did not molest me, but he did molest his daughter's. And he could have molested my sister, Brianna. And holy crap, thank the Lord that we got out of that situation a lot. But uh, in a way, he is, I mean, if you look at his record, his name is Demetrius Welch. He's got a fucking record that's like through the roof. I mean, it's like a fucking book. You could read a U.S. history textbook and it's as many pages as it. 
but it's just really it's to say the least he's not even close to a good influence he raped my mom he raped other girls they're all messed up and I think the saddest part is that my mom has three care bears because she had two miscarriages it's just really just it's heartbreaking to see it her and my family decay at the, her and just Brianna decaying at the sea because she doesn't have a dad and everything not to say that that's bad but I saw this man and he's just evil but I love being around white people because I want them to know that they can have a black buddy in their group I've been around suburbs and neighborhoods and Yes, of course, I've seen my fair share of Indianapolis and the east side. I do not want to live there. And as a matter of fact, most of the black people, most people that live in the hood don't get the opportunity to see scholars. They don't even Compton. You have you have Svetus and Serena Williams. You got NWA. You got those people to look up to. But I mean, it's still run by white people. And yes, I feel like we're daughter to go to do day, especially at my family, especially in our family, because I feel like something good is going to happen. I don't know what it is because I'm thinking about being a PA announcer through the Indiana Hoosiers. I think something good could happen with that. But I am saying it's just it's I've had a lot of thinking and a lot of feeling, and I honestly feel like white supremacy is not a thing. White or white supremacy is a thing. White racism is a thing, but not white privilege because there is no context of white privilege. Black people are privileged. Hispanic people are privileged. We're all privileged in one way or another. No matter if you're living on Section 8 or if you're living in a three-story mansion, we all have privilege to play on this earth. It's just about finding yourself, finding where you fit in with. Finding where you de-escalate things with and finding the woman or the man in your life or whoever that is going to basically ground you when anything else happens. We'll take a few minutes for a break and we'll be right back on the Let's Go Braden podcast.
Inside an IU classroom at the Hudson Honors College, 2022. All right, everybody. So we are just done with our lecture today about Neuroscience 101. And so I just want to hear for your opinion about this because us faculty, we have to try and say everything here at Indiana University. And this is one thing we're going to mention uh, before we end class today. I hope y'all are going to have a good spring break later on. But before we do that, Indiana University just said earlier today that we do not have to wear masks anymore. So, to be inclusive, what are you all thinking? I mean, what are you all uh, thinking about this mask mandate and what are your thoughts? Just, I'll go around the room and we'll ask. Yes, you? Hi, um, you know, I honestly feel like I'm not, I'm fine with people not wearing masks. I mean, it's just, it's so inclusive though. I mean... We, I think we have to wear them still because, I mean, I had friends that all died from COVID and it honestly is like the weirdest thing to see death. But like, I know, like, I mean, like we have to just wear masks. I mean, I hope we can put this in like a classroom policy or something. But um, Okay, so uh, we'll have a more inclusive environment. As yeah. you know, we have to ask everybody all here. All right, listen up, you what silly little freakings. Including you, Miss Trickster Pamela Witten. Hey. Let me tell you something. What are you Ms. doing? Pamela Trick Witten or whatever her name is. Are you braiding? You liberals think the no. masks are not helpful. They are not helpful. You think they're so hard. So you can go out the spring break party with your damn friends and go party all that long. Oh my god. Who gives a fuck about the fucking you party with your boyfriend too much last night. You are the reason why America is dying right now. What? You are the reason. There's no other reason, no other way to explain it. You and your damn Starbucks. Let's go Biden. As a student at Indiana University. It's so degrading to hear about what your opinion is about masks. Let me tell you something. You don't have to wear one if you don't want to wear one. COVID's over. It should have been over a year ago. Oh, come on, guys. Don't you all agree? This damn liberal. Don't talk, Mrs. Whitten. I said this liberal media content just saying DeSantis is wrong when he's not. Trump tried change, and he did the best job Possible. I know you don't want to hear that. I came from Vincent's. I came from Vincent's. Nobody there cares. Oh, well, you know what? I walk around the Walmart all the time, and I'm just going down there, and I'm just, I ain't wearing no mask. I ain't got Kevin. Yeah. Yeah, speak it, Brayden. Speak all that stuff. I've been sitting here in the back with a bunch of 20-year-olds talking about how their damn boyfriends go have sex with them tomorrow night. Look, if you really want to hear inclusive opinions about what is happening with the coronavirus right now. Listen to your doctors, but at the same time, formulate your own opinion. We're being controlled every day, every day with masks. And I agree with you, old Popsville. You know what? I'm just going to say it. We don't need masks on this campus anymore. The virus is over, it's over, it's done. And yes, folks, very short skit, but hey, uh, you know, we all need masks. We're fine. We're good. Thank you all. 
Sorry about interrupting your class today, Mr. Williams. I said get out of the classroom. You're going to be kicked out of Indiana University for speaking this dialogue. This liberal, conservative dialogue. You're done. I'm going to terminate your enrollment. This is what happens when you have a bunch of liberals take over at a school. I feel sorry for American campuses as I attend one currently. This is sad, it's disheartening, and it is not what we preach. They're promoting sex, they're promoting rape, and they're promoting the genocide of liberal, of conservative media. So thank you. I listen to Fox News every day. This is what happens to American campuses. And now, welcome back to the Let's Go Braden podcast. Here is your host, Braden Lentz, back at it again. Take it away. Say what you gotta say. We might only have a couple months, but that's okay. Please, please don't go away. I've been facing demons and I'm <laughs> All right, folks, post-sex nachos with their fantastic, I mean fantastic hit, Holding On To You from the Grandpa Slinks uh, album that came out in 2021. Probably right now one of my all-time favorite albums. And yes, it, it's just got a really good lineup. Post-sex nachos. Little band out of University of Missouri. You know, I might play them in a few ball games. If we play Missouri, I'm hoping I could I'm hoping I could play that song. I don't know. But I'm hoping the university allows me to. But yes, folks, welcome back to the Let's Go Braden Show. But yeah, this was the other thing. I forgot to mention this. The inspiration for their album was based on a guy by the name of Jared Fogel. One of probably the best uh, footbag or hacky sack players in the world and he won multiple championships but i mean this guy goes out in the middle of a circle uh, the circle that's on the square of the university of missouri campus and let me tell you this or they call it speaker circle but this guy knows how to play hacky sack i mean he's so good at it and he's done it for years Recently, he lost his brother, which my condolences go out to him. But man, oh man, he's one of my favorite YouTubers. And the guy only gets like 100 views. That's how much he gets. It's like my views. I get less than maybe the highest views I've ever had on YouTube was from my previous channel that had 100,000 views on an NCAA tournament montage. But yeah, this guy is on Vice News. He's a local legend in the city of Columbia, Missouri. And oh my God, do you listen to post-sex nachos, post-sex nachos, probably got that name from that uh, one Adam Driver movie, but yes, folks, it's a, such a great band, such a great band, post-sex nachos, wanted to give you a little shout out, and yeah, it's it's just crazy how uh, not only that band is so good, 
and how they're not famous because they should be really famous right now performing at bars. But no, the hacky set guy is incredible. He's even performed with them before. Stripped down to his shirt, which he always wears a pair of shorts every winter time, every spring, summer, fall, doesn't matter. He's wearing shorts. But yes, it's incredible how he can wear shorts in such frigid temperatures, especially given Missouri. But I'm also going to tell you, it's also crazy that we have such a advanced mask mandate now. We don't have to wear masks on the IU campus. Comes at a great time. Comes at a great time because I think COVID's over. If we don't have any cases, any high numbers, any vaccinations that people aren't getting, I feel like we're so immune to this virus that we may need a fourth vaccine. But I honestly hope it's in a pill. I hope it's in a pill. They haven't even developed pills. Because you know Dr. Anthony Fauci is such a stupid man. Why you know that? No, we don't need masks. No, we need more masks. No, we don't need more masks. You better listen to me or else. No more masks. No, we need masks. No, we don't need masks. No, we need more masks. Yeah. I agree with Kid Rock. Fuck Fauci. (laughs) Yeah, fuck Fauci. Fuck Fauci, fuck Dr. Rochelle Wolski, fuck the entire CDC, and fuck the FDA. We don't need to wear no fucking masks anymore. And as for Indiana University, hopefully, though, you're not partying so much in Florida that you're going to get a positive COVID test. I mean, I think those days are long gone at this point. I hope they are. Hope another variant doesn't sweep through the country this fall. But I think it's one of those flus that's like the H1N1 that just develops into other variants. And that's what I've learned is that it's a, basically a microcosm of what is other pieces or other variants. It's about maybe imposing more vaccines and getting them regularly at the doctor instead of having me control you every minute. Though you are the worst person ever. You are not going to get the vaccination. Shut up, Fauci. No, you don't tell me what to do. Ow. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you and your fucking CDC. I'm just saying, man. Fuck the CDC. I am tired. I'm exhausted just like everybody else in this country. I want the damn vaccines to be done. We got bigger fish to fry than vaccines. We got a damn war in Russia, too. And we got therapists and doctors and nurses just at their limits. And not only that, this is going to change the whole healthcare industry, and you're already seeing it. If you were once getting mental health treatment, you're probably not going to get the same treatment as you did way back in 2016. Which for me, it's even getting hard for me to, pr- to provide my meds until I get into a doctor that's going to prescribe me my psychiatry medicine. It's just going to be very, very, very difficult to not only find medicine, but to also get it and get it cheaply. Which, of course, for me, I'm on the Medicaid insurance, traditional Medicaid, which has nothing to do with me because I get mine for free and half since COVID. But for other people that are paying like two hundred, three hundred dollars to $5,000 in their medicine, I think you're going to see the worst come out of the healthcare system. They're going to see flaws. You're going to see higher pages of paperwork of unclassified information that most people don't even want you to hear about in the hospitals there's going to be allegations coming out i mean you are seeing it and you're seeing it right now in the healthcare industry because 
Now they're not going to treat you fairly. You could go in for a blood draw. They don't even say thank you, have a good day. Instead, you're dealing with the same nurses that have been there for over 30 years or so, and they're all wore out from their jobs, and most of those veteran nurses have left. They were happier in 2017. Now, in 2022, it just seems as if we are going to reach a very end point to the healthcare system, and it's going to have to be remodified and changed. Because people are dying in the ER for no reason because they just leave you hanging. The mental health is absolutely horrible right now. No therapists for anyone. No psychiatrists for anyone. At least they're hiring people, but they don't stay along. And as I said, I feel like as a, as a man who probably does want to run for president, one of the first things I would do is impose a $2 billion expansion to mental health care which I hope I can do. But I do think that would be a good idea for the government to do even before my presidency, impose a $2, million, $2 billion incentive to uh, in mental health services, open up state hospitals, and not only that, but provide nurses who want to become psychiatry majors or become psychologists or become therapists or work in the mental health system. They need to have a lot of credentials. So it would be nice for them to maybe get a $50,000 scholarship or extra incentives to the government that can run through the financial aid that could say, if you're majoring in mental health and you want to work in mental health, therefore, I think we need to get you uh, extra care, extra licensing, and you should get a $50,000 scholarship or a $3,000 scholarship. It's not going to pay you anything for your bills for student loans. I mean, I'm hoping that maybe it could be like the teaching profession where after 20 years, you don't have to pay off your student loans because, of course, hopefully I can get my uh, student loans paid off before I graduate, which right now it sits at 3500 But yes, folks, it's uh, really sad to see the healthcare industry like this, and it's even harder to see that most mental health treatment places are not even accepting people right now. So yes, folks. We're going to reach a dark time in the healthcare system. But as of now, IU, no mask mandate, which I feel free. I feel like a part of me is coming back again that I haven't seen in two years. And ever since my grandmother had died, it just feels like now, oh, thank God, I don't have to wear a mask anywhere. And I probably won't wear a mask because this is just unconstitutional what the government's been doing the entire time except for when Trump was in office when they said the vaccines are optional, but I feel like that's on the government's hands, and they gave out too many of their own damn money for us to spend and waste on. It's just really a messed up system in this country, not only in healthcare, but also in mental health care and in all other areas. We'll be right back. 